Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Phil Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. you brought some, um, didn't the band do well? Wow, I thought we are in a stadium of thousands. It was a magnificent, you guys. Powerful. The day of Pentecost, 2,000 years ago, the church was birthed. And uh, who's not heard of the day of Pentecost? Just, can you just slip your hand up if you're not heard of the day of Pentecost? Most people must be Christians in the house. Wow. This is the most exciting message. This is the most exciting message. And and it's something that we need to be reminded of, that we have the Holy Spirit. It's so easy just to gravitate just to Jesus and and just believe that, "I I just like Jesus. I just love Jesus. I worship Jesus. But he wants you to actually believe in the Holy Spirit. And he wants you to believe in the Father. But he wants you to believe in the Holy Spirit as well. One theologian said, it's the great radical middle. The great radical middle is revering, worshipping Jesus. But there you've got the Holy Spirit right beside him. The helper, the comforter, the advocate, the third person of the Trinity. We've really got to... Every day, every morning, every night, every time we can, welcome the Holy Spirit into our personal life. Amen? He's there inside you. He's been given to you. If you're saved and if you've given your life to the Lord and have acknowledged Him, praise God. If you haven't, we will have a prayer at the end and you can. Amen? So uh, you have the Holy Spirit as, as a deposit, the Bible says. It's like... It's like if we turn that off, can I get a pilot light illustration, Frank? Can I get a little pilot light? Can I do a little pilot light illustration? I haven't prepared these guys, but Frank is filled of the Holy Spirit. He can operate. Okay, so can, that is, that's full on. That's, that's Michael, Michael Curry right there. That's full on. That's that's. Michael Curry preaching in Windsor. You can't do the part. Well, if you just turn it down. Oh, it's right down. Okay, if, if that's right down. But there is a pilot light, isn't it? Oh, just up in there, there's a little pilot light. And we wouldn't see all those if we could. You're right. But then, okay. We're saved. The theology is we're saved. We've got a little pilot light. That's nice. That's comfortable. That's nice. But hang on. I want, I want more of God, Frank. So, yeah, boof. And, and even, that's full blast. That's Michael Curry right there. That's, 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 that's right. There was, no, there was no way you're going to stop and pull him up. No mockers. He kept on looking behind to get that priest. Help me with this. And he just, I'm, I'm not going there. <laughs> the poor Anglican minister, he was, 
He was trapped. He was, he was trapped between the fire of God and his religion and tradition. He just didn't know what to do. Everyone was ducking and weaving. Uh, even Charles, just head down. I'm not going there. Uh, I think there were some mockers, but that was all right. And everyone looking down the aisle saying, how are you fair? And how's the queen fair? Whoa, this is a hurricane. <laughs> this is a hurricane. And we've never known. That rocked the whole establishment of the monarch- monarchy and, 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 and the modern world, truly. That was like, that, that, man, that is as radical as I've ever seen anything uh, in my lifetime. Uh, I've seen a lot of stuff in my lifetime, and um, uh, that was radical. That was even, man, that was more radical than Jimi Hendrix doing Star Spangled Banner at Woodstock. I mean, that was more radical than that, and that's radical. So, Father, we thank you for the day of Pentecost. Thank you that you didn't leave us alone without your personal presence. And it's a ceremony, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a day of celebrating the life, the life, the message, uh, the death, the burial, the resurrection, uh, and the ascension, and in that, because he's seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's been given all authority, he now can and has given us the promise of the Father. And what was the promise? He said, don't do anything. Don't, don't even try and have a crusade. Uh, don't even do anything until I've got to be ascended. I've got to go to the Father. A, a, and you, ima- you imagine the disciple, poor disciples there sh- shrunk back. They disappeared. Peter, you know, doubted him, even ran. And the, the disciples are just decimated. They go, oh my God, we thought that he was going to be the ruling, reigning king, and, 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 and now he's been crucified. We're left all alone, and the world's dark, and we got the message. We got the message. We understand the message. We walk with him. We understand the message, but Jesus says, don't do anything. Don't do anything. I don't care if you've got a, a bachelor, I mean, a, a doctorate degree, or you've been to Bible college, I don't care, just don't do anything until this happens. Let's have a look at this. Acts 2.33. Exalted to the right hand of God, he had received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. So all that Jesus did for us, all that Jesus did for us through the cross and and his whole life has given us now the opportunity to be filled, get this guys, with the Holy Spirit, to be like Michael Michael Curry, if you want. Or, Or you can be just a little bit more reserved and a little bit more apprehensive about it, maybe, and... And, and maybe just go, look, I, I, I'm, I'm fine. I, I've got heaven. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good with God. I know I am. <laughs> I know I am. <laughs> the Bible. But, but when, when you get the, more of the Holy Spirit, you become more anguished about humanity and the state of affairs. 
I think it definitely happens when you get more of God and you can see through the eyes of God and you see your friends, you see your people laying in hospitals and you see your friends dying. I'm losing schoolmates now because I'm of an age and they never pulled out of doing all sorts of crazy stuff and they've partied hard and lived hard and, 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 and they're, they're dropping like flies because I've got this Facebook page now that is all about my old school friends, hundreds of them. And, and, um, and they're looking worse for wear, to be honest. There's some, got, some better, better looking, but mostly they're, they're all doing hard, hard yards. And I feel for them, and, and I do my best to, to, to pray for them and, and believe that God would intervene on their life. And it's slowly happening. Some of the ones I thought, no way they would think about getting saved. But they're actually, some of them uh, are inquiring and responding to me through, uh, through that Facebook page, that, that page. Jesus said in, in John 14, chapter 14, 1670, he, he promises this, I'm going to leave you another helper. I'm going to go, but I'm going to leave you another helper. Another one like me of the same kind. It will be a personal presence. It will be a personal, it will be me personally about you, around you, abiding with you. And I will go with you and, and I'll help you through all, all, all the challenges and the opportunities of life. And, and, and it's, it's, it's what he says. In, in fact, he says in John 14, 12, he says, Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and then straight away we think of raising the dead, Lazarus, and opening blind eyes and loosing demons. Uh, but, but can I propose to you that the, that the works that he was talking about, the greater works that he talks about, is winning souls. He says, you're going to be able to win souls because of all that I am going to do on the cross and of the releasing of the Holy Spirit, which gives renewal and, and recovery and deliverance you're going to be able to change a life and set a life free unto eternity. And that's the greatest miracle. That's even greater than raising the dead or opening blind eyes or deaf ears or loosing demons. Uh, you know what I mean? The, the, the greatest miracle is when someone says yes and they receive the Holy Spirit and their spirit is renewed and they're born again. They're connected with God, then they're able to hear God, know God, and walk after God, and be empowered by God. And that's what he said. He said, wait. He, said, he says, it's, it's like an advocate, he says, a comforter, a counselor, a helper. Parakletos, meaning, meaning that one who goes before you, an advocate who defends you, who defends you, and advocates for you. Do you know what advocates means? defends you. Who'd like someone to step in the gap for you to defend you? To encourage you in your time of battles. Christ said, I'm going to send the personal presence of the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, helping you with all the challenges, even in kids' church. All the challenges in your life, your daily life, all the opportunities that you will have. Acts 1.8 says it like this. 
And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. And you shall be my witnesses. Do you reckon um, Michael, Michael Curry last night was a witness? Do, do you reckon he was a witness last night? I, I, I reckon that guy is so filled with the Holy Spirit. He's probably more filled than most of my Pentecostal colleagues, Pentecostal colleagues. He's more filled, he's more exuberant, more impassioned, more empowered, and he doesn't give a toss what the world says. He's got a message, he knows it to be true, and it sounds like this, L-O-V-E, love. I tell you what, I think it outdid the Beatles song, All We Need Is Love. I think, I think it outdid. Unfortunately, the degree to which we understand and experience the Spirit of God will be the exact degree to which God's plan for our churches will be accomplished. I've been reading an interesting book. I bought it. It had a, a beer bottle on the front, and it said, uh, it, it said, Christianity light. Christianity light. And it got me because I knew the man of God, um, uh, great guy, I've sat under his ministry, he's from the States. And he says things like, if we downgrade the Holy Spirit, worse yet, if we ignore him, if we, worse even yet, if we grieve him, worse even yet, if we quench him, we end up with a modern church that is totally unpowered to get the job done. He calls it Christianity light. And he says, almost every food and beverage today has a light version. Tastes great, less filling. He says we can apply it to our faith. We want blessings, but without obedience. Comfort, but without sacrifice. Happiness, but without repentance. As a result, and there's nothing wrong with this word, because I actually drink this, this stuff, as a result, we have de decaffeinated and diluted the message of the gospel until it really has no effect on us or others. That word decaffeinated, I am a decaf coffee decaffeinated <laughs> drinker, sorry. I, I'm a, man, I get some. I, the, the worst, the worst um, what is it, the... Um, the worst persecution I get is when I walk into a, a cafe, <laughs> you know, a, a really, a really, um, you know, people that love, really love their coffees, coffee. and I, a coffee, co coffee snob cafe, we would call it, <laughs> and I ask for decaffeinated coffee, and I won't mention the brands that are on the Central Coast, <laughs> but some of my personal friends, and, and it's like heresy, but I can't can't drink strong coffee. I just get wired. I motor mouth. Who's, who understands that? That's right. My heart races. Yeah. So please, back off. But, but please, don't drink, don't take, don't drink decaffeinated, diluted gospel because you need the full gospel. You need the full gospel. You need the Holy Spirit. Pardon? You need to be wired. So let's go back to Acts chapter 1. 
and, and, and these men were miserably, miserable and, and, and they felt the pressure of Jesus being arrested. Um, they were doubting, not even, they were more than doubting. They had fled. Uh, Peter was worse. He verbally even uh, denied Jesus uh, to the point of cursing. Uh, and Jesus was going to entrust these men with the church. This is what we don't understand. These ordinary men, they were languishing in darkness. They, they knew the gospel. They had lived with Jesus three years. They, they knew the gospel. They knew, what they, they knew the essentialness of the gospel. They knew what it meant. They saw the world languishing in darkness. Uh, but Jesus had been turning up over a period of 40 days after he was resurrected. Uh, he still even had the nail marks in his hands. And he was mentoring them. He was turning up the road of Emmaus. Weren't our hearts burning when we were walking with Jesus? Jesus was turning up. He turned up five, to 500 people at one time. But there was drawing close to this time of ascension. And you would think at that time, Jesus would be saying, realizing he was going out for the final time to be ascended. You would have thought he said, right, we need to up, um, up the, uh, the, the pro promotion uh, we, need to do, we need to hire out the Jerusalem um, stadium. Uh, we need to set teams up and, 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 and get out there and, and really, because I'm about to leave. But what Jesus says is this, wait. That's really hard for some personality types. Who likes waiting? Put up your hand if you don't like waiting. If you don't like waiting. See, that's going to be hard for you. You're ready to rock. You got the gospel. You got your. You got. You got the message. You're ready to go. But Jesus is saying to you, "Wait, wait. No, I need to get out there. I need to do it now." But Jesus says, "Wait, wait until." Acts one four says, "On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command: Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift." My Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 6, then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times, the dates the Father has sent, set for my, uh, by his own authority. Verse 8, we know it. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. So again, they had the message, they wanted to, but Jesus says, wait, wait. He says wait because he knew how difficult life is. The Roman Empire was ruling, great persecution there, and he knew what the devil was like and how he would try and oppose us. And he said, wait, you need supernatural capacity, Rachel. You need supernatural ability to do what I'm asking you to do. Don't do anything. He actually says that in the last chapter of Luke. Wait till you're clothed in power. 
the great Baptist preacher Charles Spurgeon admitted, without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. We are ships without wind or chariots without steeds. Like branches without sap, we are withered. Like coals without fire, we are useless. The church cannot do what we need to do without the Holy Spirit. We need to invite the Holy Spirit into our church. When people walk through that door, we should have a mindset that they're walking into a powerful church of the presence of God. They're not walking into a church that is lovely, love, uh, you know, wonderfully arrayed uh, uh, and, and it's got a good show on or something or, or, or we act just nicely and they should, man, that should be enough. It's a good message, building's clean, well presentable, we're upbeat. Isn't that enough? Unfortunately for the world, it's not. They want power. They want power. That's why the world went off with Harry Potter. They love the, the, the whole narrative of the Harry Potter world that, wow, a boy could live in this place of being empowered with magic. People want it. It's inbuilt in us. It's inbuilt in us to want to be superhuman. We want, that's how Superman was born. Superman was born out of, out of a, a propensity for, for mankind to want to be superhuman. And that's how we got Superman. Praise God. Why didn't he give the mission to start the church to the rabbis, the scholars? Because he knew that they would rely on their own strength, their own eloquence, their own pomp and ceremony. Now he gave it to ordinary people like us because we knew we would rely on the promise of God, the Holy Spirit rather than someone who's got degrees and has got it all together. No, he said, they're going to just rely on their own strength. I'm going to trust these guys. I'm going to trust these ordinary disciples. They're going to get my job done for me. Acts 2.1, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Jesus sounds like last night, doesn't it, at that ceremony. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. I love what you said, Pastor Julie. There was one fire in the Old Testament. Now the fire comes as one fire, but breaks up into individual fires, individual fires on each person, each person, amen, Emmanuel, God with us, and depending how much of Holy Spirit you want, by the volition of your own will, you can go from a little pilot light of just being saved to being in a roaring inferno like our friend, Michael Curry. Oh, I'm referencing him because, man, he's the most Holy Spirit-filled guy I've seen for a long time. <laughs> Acts 2.4, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I love that. <laughs> Wind, fire, 
and a voice. They become a voice. What was the difference? Peter got up and preached this amazing message. And, 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 you know, before he's, you know, he's doing all sorts of crazy stuff. But now he's able to get up with great boldness and preaches this amazing message. And he's quoting uh, Psalm 16 verbatim. He's quoting the Old Testament. He's quoting Joel. Joel says, it's a prophecy 700 years previous that there shall come a day of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will come. And, and, and Peter says, and this is that, that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your men and women will be filled with the Spirit. And he says, this is that. This is that. That was... And the Bible says in verse 37, they were cut to the heart. And then they said, then they said, what shall we do? Imagine those people in that ceremony last night. I, I could say, my God, imagine George Clooney and Elton John go, what, what should we do? I'm cut to the heart. What, I, could, I, I could actually believe that there were some cut to the heart and actually some saying, what should we do? This is... This is the fear of God, but this is the love of God, but this is the fear of God. This is, this is, I cannot bear. What? The anguish, the torment. I could see the torment on some of the faces. Oh my God. There was a manifestation there. Did you see that? Yeah. A manifestation of people that are caught and wrought and diabolically entwined in a wicked plan to possess a soul. And when the preacher preached, they were cut to the heart and they said, what shall we do? We need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit cut hearts last night and people were asking, what should we do? Let's pray some of our most famous people have a cut to the heart experience and a what shall we do experience. And on that day, 3,000 people were saved as they spilled out into the streets. And Peter preached that message. They were cut to the heart. What shall we do? And 3,000 people were saved by giving their life to the Lord. That's good church growth policy, Julie said. When the word was given, the tablets were given, and the people were in disobedience, 3,000 people were killed. But this is the day of Pentecost. And when the Spirit was given, 3,000 people lived and lived. I'm nearly there. Peter was filled of the Holy Spirit. He was a different, this was a different man. This was a different man. It is staggering to remember that Peter walked with Jesus for three years, received teaching, discipleship, and moral example unparalleled in all of history. But he still was not equipped. He still was not equipped until he received the Holy Spirit. Until he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. It's still Samuel Chadwick succinctly put it, the Christian religion is hopeless without the Holy Spirit. Yeah. 
Isaiah 64 verse 1. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. And when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil, come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. This sounds like last night again. Everything I read sounds like last night. Because two billion people heard that message. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no ear has seen any God beside you who acts on behalf of those who wait for Him. Paul says in Colossians 1.29, To this end I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Did you see Christ working in that Michael, Michael Curry last night? Who saw, who saw Christ working in him? Did you, did you actually see? There was a burning inferno of passion, of the love of God, the determination, the, the perseverance, the courage, and the boldness. And you shall receive power to be my witnesses, even to the queen and the monarchy of England and the establishments of the world, Paul, and every dignitary. You will receive power, Michael. Trust me on that. And he did trust God. And he pulled it off. Acts 10, 38. Because Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. We can't do anything. We can't do this stuff. Acts 28 says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth and with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with Michael Curry, no, with him. And as I said in Luke 24, 49, I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. I love this scripture. It's my favorite, Galatians, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And I love it. It's one of my favorites. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. You like that? It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Romans 8, 14 says, Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God did not give us a spirit of timidity but a spirit of power of love and self-discipline. I think last night what Michael Curry did was probably the most boldest courageous great exploit that I've personally seen. It was amazing. Because Jesus said in John 7, 38, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. That's the Holy Spirit flowing from you. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that point, up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. When you've got the Holy Spirit, you can serve, you can 
worship, you can love God, you can come to church, you can be the church, you can witness, you can do all this crazy stuff when you are anointed. I believe the Holy Spirit is our greatest need. We need the Holy Spirit, folks, like never before. The Holy Spirit, I read in my devotion this week, and it started like this. The title was, The Holy Spirit has come to make everything new, fresh, and alive again. When Jesus becomes real to a person, everything changes. Being baptized regularly into the implications of who Jesus is, to you is one of the great secrets of enjoying the Lord's presence in our daily life. The Holy Spirit has come to make everything new, fresh, alive. And he says this, when the Spirit of God begins moving and breathing on humble, repentant hearts, then the, then the simple things of our faith become dear and precious. The basic doctrines of Scripture become new to us. Through the operation of the Holy Spirit, Jesus becomes real and alive in our hearts. The joy of meeting together in worship, in prayer, and in the Word becomes pure joy. Gladness and gratitude for our salvation fills our hearts and compels us to tell others of our wonderful Savior. When the familiar things of our faith are touched by heaven, they lose their staleness and become fresh again. Listen to this beautiful quote by Wink, Winky Prattney, another ministry that Julie and I have sat under. The things that touch us in a true revival are not strange and mysterious things made clear, but plain and simple things made central and our old things made new. We're not seeking mysterious stuff. We're just seeking Christ. We're seeking Him and what He has for our life. And this scripture, Isaiah 40 verse 29 to 31. I wonder if we can put that up. He gives power to the faint and to those who have no might, He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait upon, there's that word again, wait upon the Lord shall renew, say renew, their strength. Say strength. They shall mount up on wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. Notice the three key words, power, strength, and renewal. That's exactly what we need. The stale familiarity of scriptures makes believers dull, passive, unresponsive, but old things become new, fresh, and alive in the Lord's presence. Ezekiel eleven nineteen. Then I will give them one heart and I'll put a new spirit within them and take the stony heart of flesh out and give them a heart of flesh. And I just see that like a heart pumping blood to the body, to the extremities of the body, giving circulation, giving life, giving vitality of life. But then I see the heart of flesh that that's talking about is a heart that's pumping the Holy Spirit to the extremities of my life to the faculties of my faith, to the vision of my eyes, to the, my ears that are open to God. Lord, let it, let's just stand here right now and just pray and ask God, Father, forgive us for being dull of hearing. 
Forgive us for our dullness. Forgive, forgive us for our passiveness. We pray, God. Let's pray this with eyes closed. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 says, Therefore, do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Some of our people, some of you people are so caught up in how you look and what your circumstances look like and what the world looks like, you're forgetting to realize this. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day by the Holy Spirit, guys. I don't care if your hair's going gray. I don't care if you're putting a little bit of weight on. I'm caring about your spirit. That's what I'm accountable to. When I go to meet with Jesus on that day, I am accountable to your spiritual life. Not how many pounds you're carrying or how many gray hairs that you have. So with that, I pray this with eyes closed. Dear Father, please stir our hearts to reach out for all that you have promised us. Forgive our carnality, our indifference to the spiritual realities around us and our dependence on human resources rather than your power. Teach us to pray and wait upon you in humility and faith. Send the wind and the fire of your Spirit upon me right now, upon us, O oh God. Transform us into men and women who bear powerful witness in word and deed to the reality of Jesus Christ, our Savior. We ask all of this in your precious name, Jesus. Acts 3.19, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Zechariah 4.6, then he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. I rest my case. Father, we pray right now with hands held up high, with the bit of time we got left, with my hands held high to you, I make myself vulnerable to you. My dependence is in you. I acknowledge you. I trust in you. I am waiting, Lord. I am waiting to be baptized in your Holy Spirit. Would you baptize me again today on this great day of Pentecost, celebrating the day of Pentecost 2,000 years ago when the fire, when the wind, when the fire consumed and the wind blew all the junk out. Some of us need to open the front door and back door and let the wind blow through your spiritual house and blow all the junk out. And you need to let the fire of God consume everything that is not of God, everything that is the enemy has meddled with. You need to allow the fire, the fire, the fire of the living God to burn, to burn in your hearts again. Lord, forgive me for reducing you to a pilot light. Lord, I, 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 I reach out to you and, and, and I turn up, I turn up the heat, I turn up the heat in my heart of the Holy Spirit. 
now. Be baptized in the power of God. Be baptized in the power of the living God right there, right now. Now, tongues of clothing fire are over you. Tongues of clothing. Oh, Jesus, there it is. More oxygen is coming to that flame, to that flicker. Oxygen, oxygen of truth. Oxygen right now. listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.